Good morning. Thanks, Jeff. Grace and peace to you too, brother. Hello. Good morning. Welcome to you one and all. For those of you that are joining us online uh, or who are tuning in on the telephone, my name is Doug Baker, one of the pastors here. And uh, it is a glorious day that we get to gather together. Uh, we have been uh, marching through Advent together, and here we are on Advent week number three. Three candles glowing here off to my left. And uh, we're, uh, we're going to continue along on this journey together. Um, next week, uh, Pastor Josh here will be taking us into week four, uh, but uh, you're stuck with me today, so uh, it's good to see you. Um, we have been uh, on this journey together. We started, uh, our big, we started walking this path of Advent together. We're talking about expectations. Um, speaking of expectations, I got to uh, receive something I didn't expect last Sunday. If you remember, the very first week we started, November 27, I mentioned uh, a treat that I used to experience as a kid growing up called pepper nuts. And... Uh, Somebody looked up a recipe online, found three of them, made one of them, and gave them to me. This is a pepper nut. This is many of them. Um, I'm going to leave them right here. You are welcome to sample them if you would like to know what a pepper nut tastes like, I promise. If you do, you will be addicted. Leave me a, leave me a couple. Anyway, uh, back to the sermon stuff. So we started with talking about expectations. Do we believe? Do we actually believe in a way deep down in our guts that will change how we experience life, that what God says is going to happen will happen? Because what we expect defines kind of our experience of existence. And so do we believe it? Blessed are you who believe that the Lord will fulfill what he has promised. Um, and then last week we talked about preparations. When you expectations of great things, are you willing to mold your life around it? God has created a reality. Are we willing to subject ourselves to it so that the name of Jesus, the most important name above all names, the one who will never perish, spoil, or fade, that he would get the glory? Do our lives reflect that? Are we prepared to walk the path to Christmas and to have a Christmas life? Today, we're going to take that next step in getting ourselves ready for that Christmas life um, we're going to be talking about this morning, uh, repentance. Now, as we dig into God's word, we're going to be in Luke chapter 3. As you listen to this, as we read together this, you're going to hear some, uh, some familiar words because um, well, some of what we're reading today is Luke's version of the Matthew passage we talked about last week. But because it's a different gospel, there are also additional elements that were not a part of Matthew's uh, portrayal. So today... We're in Luke chapter 3, and we're going to start at verse 7. Hear this, God's word. So John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, Well, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. That's what you're familiar with. Now, here's where Luke goes somewhere new. What should we do then? 
the crowd asks. John's challenging them with a life of repentance. And they're like, okay, what does that mean? What are we supposed to do? And John answers them, well, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And, and anyone who has food should do the same. Now, even tax collectors were coming and being baptized by him. And they said, teacher, uh, what should we do? And he said, well, don't collect any more than you're required to. And then some soldiers asked him, and then what, what, what should we do? And he replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. See, the people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. And John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who's more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. <sighs> this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity to gather in mass and talk about your word, to dig into your scriptures, the truth, this beautiful thing that changes lives and offers grace and offers hope, offers us resurrection because your word, Lord God, is Jesus Christ. Speak to us. Speak to us this morning, we pray. Holy Spirit, move and encourage us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so on, uh, on an Advent Sunday here, you know, usually you've got the, you know, love, joy, peace, hope. You've got these are the thematic elements, and we're doing something a little different. We've got themes. And now repentance? Wait a minute. What does repentance have to do with Advent? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. To answer it, first, we have to know what repentance is. We have ideas of what repentance is. Culture will try and tell us what repentance is. Most uh, culture will try and not use the word repentance because it's a big, fancy, churchy word. And so this idea, this notion of repentance, what does it mean? Now, a popular definition had to use that word, repentance, a popular definition culturally could be summed up in just two words. Um, I'm sorry. A lot of people would say, if you're going to talk about repentance, that would be how you define it. I'm sorry. Now, I'm sorry is good. I'm sorry is an important piece of life. I'm sorry is something that keeps a lot of marriages together. I'm sorry is something that relationally is a necessary part of who we are as people in a fallen world. I'm sorry is real. It's good. It's it's a recognition of the ways that we fail, of ways that we have let God down, of ways that we might have harmed someone else. It acknowledges sin. And acknowledging sin always has to come before the receiving of salvation. If you don't think you need to say, I'm sorry, if you don't think that there's sin in your life, then there's no need for you to have a Savior. Those things are intertwined. They're important. Inevitably, in this fallen world, there will be a lot of moments when we realized, oh, I've chosen the wrong path. I've done something that I should not have done. Um, and we get a chance to pause in that moment and say, I'm sorry. Now, 
that's great, but it's not repentance. See, there's a problem with I'm sorry if what we're trying to do is understand repentance. I'm sorry, while healthy and good, is static. It, is, uh, it doesn't move. It's a stop. It's a full-on stop as you're walking along a path and you realize you shouldn't have been doing what you're doing or you're walking along the, the wrong path. And so you full-on stop. You recognize that and you say, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have done that. It's this pause in the walk of life. Searching along our paths. I'm sorry is when you pull on the reins. You fall on your knees and you humbly recognize, I've done something I shouldn't have done. And that's good. It's important. But it's not repentance. Now, where repentance can come in now is inevitably after pausing, after stopping, after getting up off of our knees, recognizing that we shouldn't have been going down a certain road or doing a certain activity, inevitably continue along that path of life. And so knowing you have to continue along, you have to choose a direction. You have to decide to start walking again. And you have one of two choices. You can either, as you get up after saying, I'm sorry, you get to choose to then continue along the same path you were on before? Yeah. Yep. We can choose that. We can keep walking the same road. We can go the same direction that we were going before as if nothing has really changed other than the fact that we have felt poorly or badly about how we treated somebody. Yes, I feel bad for how my choices have affected others, but do I really need to change? That is not repentance. The other choice, if you're walking along a road, is when you realize that you shouldn't have been walking down that road, you stop, you pause, you say, I'm sorry. And then when the time comes, you get up. If you turn around and walk in the other direction, away from that path of brokenness, that is the moment when what you have experienced, what you have chosen, is true biblical repentance. That is the definition of repentance. You've been walking along a certain path, heading in a particular direction. You realize that this is not where you should be going. You stop, you turn around, and you go the other way. This is what it means. That's it. It's not any more complicated than that. When you have a relationship, when you're walking with the you realize I have been sinning before God and I, I need to repent. I need to change the direction I've been going. If somebody in a way that hasn't been healthy, that is harmful and heading in that direction and you go in the opposite direction, that is repentance. When you choose not to walk in the direction of darkness any longer and instead choose to walk in the direction of light. One minute you're going this way good for you. People get hurt. And, and so you begin to walk in a different direction. You change direction 100% heading where you knew you were supposed to be going all along. Okay. So how about some examples? 
I, uh, I found a story as I was preparing for today uh, about a young man who received a parrot as a gift. The parrot that he got, it was a used parrot. And so it came with baggage. This parrot had a bad attitude and uh, even worse language. Every word out of the bird's mouth was rude and obnoxious and laced with profanity. And this young man, he tried to make the best of it. It was a nice gift, and so he was trying to do his best with it. And so he did everything he could to help this bird's attitude change, you know, saying positive words and, and being polite. He played soft music in the background, anything he could think of to help kind of clean up this bird's attitude and, and its language, its abusive nature to him. And after weeks and weeks of trying and failing, um, it, just, it just got to him. I mean, you can't be in the presence of, of anything that's talking to you. And if it's like berating you over and over and over again, you start getting to the end of your rope. And he got mad. He just got fed up and he yelled at this parrot. And all that did was made the parrot even angrier. And the parrot yelled back. And then he grabbed the parrot and he like shook it. And that just made the bird even madder. Until finally he reached up, grabbed open the freezer in the kitchen, put the bird inside, and slammed it shut. And from the freezer he hears the squawking and kicking and screaming going on for several minutes, and then suddenly, dead silent. And now he starts feeling guilty, like, oh my goodness, what have I done? I've killed the bird. And so he, he runs over to the, to the freezer, he whips open the door, and he reaches his hand in to grab the bird, at which point the bird hops up onto his arm and walks up, looks at him, calmly says to him, I believe I may have offended you <laughs> with my rude language and my actions. I am sincerely remorseful for my inappropriate transgressions, and I fully intend to do everything I can to correct my rude and unforgivable behavior. And the man is... The man is He's stunned at the change in attitude, and he's about to ask the bird, the parrot, what in the world happened, and it's at this moment that the bird says to him, I just, a question for you, and the bird looks back at the freezer, may I ask what the turkey did? <laughs> Radical change in direction, right? That's repentance. Now, for the animal lovers in the room, that didn't really happen. <laughs> this is a sermon illustration. <laughs> There's another story that did happen. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. You know what? You can sing with me. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house today. And they went to Zacchaeus' house, and he hosted Jesus as a guest. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, because there's no recorded word that Jesus said anything to him, confronted him in any way, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, out of nowhere. Zacchaeus stands up in front of everybody. He's hosting Jesus. He's probably hosting others. And he stands there and he says, if I have cheated anyone, 
He's a tax collector. <laughs> There's no if. If I have cheated anyone, he, he dedicates himself to giving half of his possessions to the poor. If I have cheated anyone, he has cheated a lot of people. That's how tax collecting worked. You worked for Rome. Rome said, we want 50% of everybody's wages as taxes. And when you went out to collect, you said, Rome wants 65% of all your wages. Guess who gets the 15? And he's had a wealthy life. And he's going to give half of it to the poor. But then he's not even He says, if I've cheated anyone which he has. He's been walking down that road for a while. I will give them four times back what I took from He wasn't just sorry. He didn't just say, I'm sorry and stop and, and I, I, I don't like what I've been doing. He turned around and he went in a completely different direction. And because of that, Jesus says in this moment, salvation has come to this house today. Repentance. What does repentance have to do with Advent? Think about Christmas. Again, I've been, we've been saying this every week here. Christmas is the place we want to be. It's where we're going. We're on the journey there, and Advent is the invitation. Advent is the journey to the celebration of Christmas. And you don't get to Jesus if the path you're on is exactly the opposite direction from where he is. That's like no one. If you want to get to California... You don't drive east. We're on a journey. We're on a journey. We're going somewhere very special. It's a manger. And Jesus is there. And we're all welcome to come. We're all invited to see. Come to the stable. Come to the moment where the world has been changed. Am I dropping out a lot? Yeah. Christmas is what we've been waiting for. For the light shining in the darkness. Advent is the invitation to Christmas. Advent is the invitation to step away from the way things were into a new life with Christ. What should we do then? The people asked John. What should we do then? You've called us to repentance. What should we do then? know what this is there's a there's a clock in the system and because we had a concert here this week it's quite likely that the clock in the system and the clock up there are not connecting and so this clock over here and that clock over there are doing this like thing don't worry I'll just talk louder the people heard this call to repentance from John and they knew they wanted what he was promising because there was a great thing coming and they wanted a part of the Messiah story. They wanted a Christmas life. What should we do then, they asked. Because something, the, the old is going away, the new is coming. What should we do then? And John says to them, produce fruit. And keep 
weeping, with repentance. If you've got two shirts, stop keeping your two shirts and share one with somebody who doesn't have any. You could choose to just keep your two shirts just in case you need one. What if I get this one dirty? But this person has no shirts, and so you could give one. Or, or if you've got a lot of food, you could just store it all up and fill your pantry. Even though this person has no food, you could walk. But what he's saying is don't. Stop. Stop just hoarding what you've got. Share with other people. Go in a different direction. When the tax collectors came, they're like, okay, you're talking repentance. What should we do? And he said, you know, you know how you steal money from people? Stop. Don't. And then some soldiers came and they're like, oh, repentance, like this Messiah thing. We want to be a part of that. What should we do? Well, you know how you extort uh, stuff from people? Yeah. Don't. Oh. And, and you know how you're not content with your pay? Yeah. Be content with your pay? Oh. You know how you've been walking that way? Turn around. Walk a different path. You can't get to the celebration if you're not on the path that leads to it. We all have ways we walk from God. We all do. Every single one of us, you do. The folks at home, you do too. Everybody we know, everybody you meet has a way that they walk from the Lord. Some overtly, some of us hide it really well. But it's true. If we didn't, we would be perfect. And if we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus. But we all need Jesus, so we're not perfect. And here we are. And now, now is a good time in this invitation to Christmas and the presence of Christ that we call Advent. Now is a good time to repent as we head to Christmas. As we head to a life where Jesus is incarnate, present with us, God present with us. Now is a time to turn around and and walk that better path. Not just to say, I'm sorry, Lord. but to actually stop walking that harmful, destructive, deceptive path, turn around and move in a new direction. What, and, and, and we all know what it is. Like, I, I can look in the mirror and I can like tell you a bunch of things that God is working on in me. Things that I resist. Things that I'm not interested in hearing the truth on. You know yours. How does God want you to walk a new direction today? Has he been convicting you about how you talk to people? Has he been talking to you about how you spend your money? That you take or don't take with family? Has he been talking to you about what you eat or about uh, what you read or about the friends that he really wants you to? Or the friend that he wants you to let go? Maybe it's, 
Maybe it's time to go to AA. And you a lot. Or maybe it's time to tell the people that love you about that secret that you've been keeping for a long time now. Only you know what God's been saying in the quiet places in your heart. Only you know what the Spirit has been convicting you of. How you've been walking away from Jesus. And maybe to that thing you've said I'm sorry a thousand times. But the time for I'm sorry is over. Now it's time to repent. To turn around and walk the other way. Leave the darkness behind. And it will probably come at a cost. There's, it's not going to be easy. Repentance rarely is. But that cost, there's no way that cost is worse than being far from the Lord. It won't be easy. But it's time. Christmas is coming. Will you be ready? Ready for the journey into a new world. Ready to walk in a new way, in a new place where the answers come and strength is revealed. And you can put that heavy burden down at the foot of the cross in the presence of Jesus Christ and live a in the light. Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. And Advent is the invitation. I invite you to repent. And walk again in a hundred new ways the road that leads to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, this is one of those scary ones because we don't know what it means. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of things about it that we don't know what, like, what happens next. And, and we know more than anything that we want to be with you. We want a life in you. We want to walk that path that leads to you, Lord Jesus. And there are ways that we're walking away from you. And you want better for us. You want us close to you. We want better from us. We want to be with you. And so, in this moment, we confess. We confess how we walk away.
and how tired we are of saying that we're sorry and then doing it again. Give us the courage to turn around, to shuck off that burdensome, heavy burden, to let you unlock the chains so we can fall headlong into your loving arms. We pray this in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.